0: The following is a CA original. Really plays with our football team. Gets to the outside, gets inside the five. He gallops into the end zone. Touchdown, Tigers. Really capitalized on a lot of opportunities throughout the game, having four takeaways. Picked off at the 30. Down the right sideline to the 20, to the 10. It's a pick six. Challenge them about... Uh, coming out and playing a complete game. And he's got it for a touchdown, and it's 41-3.
1: That's
0: his first rushing touchdown.
1: This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Tom Shan. All right, first things first, even before the what's up, y'all, um, I want to give a shout-out and I guess more of a thank you um, to Phil Stukenborg, who worked his last day at the commercial PO last week um bill did more for me than i think a lot of people realize uh and it it was really hard kind of coming in on the beat i guess two years ago or something um and and a lot of guys in that situation can be kind of territorial about their beat and, and especially somebody you know Phil could have done that, having covered it as long as he had, but he was the complete opposite of that and was a tremendous help to me all the way through You know, last week when we were in studio and he was doing his last Tiger football podcast with us. So can't overstate the impact that he's had on me since I've been here and that he's had on our coverage of the Tigers football program over the past really 20, 25 years. So we're definitely going to miss him. With that, what's up y'all? Tiger football podcast. I am flying solo in the studio today. Um, but we do have a special guest checking in over the phone, somebody who's been covering Memphis football quite closely over the past, uh, and he can correct me here, year, year and a half or so for 247 Sports, and that's Jonah Jordan. Jonah, how long have you been at 247?
0: Oh, man, I think about a year and a half now.
1: Okay. It's all running together at this point. so
0: Maybe more. I started my first game was the game they beat Ole Miss in Puente's last season. So how many ever years that has been?
1: Okay. Yeah. What is that a year and a year and change? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, Joan has been out, uh, you've been out at, at practice a couple of times this spring. I'm excited to, to talk to you because we've been out there and, and, you know, kind of observing the same things as, as the spring has unfolded. And so I've talked a lot on this podcast about what my impressions of the first couple of weeks have been. What have you seen, I guess, in, in your times out of practice? What, what strikes you, I guess, about this team and Uh, Anything that that's different or or that stood out to you so far?
0: Well, they kind of just are more poised. Maybe poised isn't isn't the right word. Like they're just doing everything crisper, faster. Everybody seems to be more in shape. They're more prepared. They know what they want to do, and they're going to do it. And I think I was really impressed because I wasn't sure how because you know they've got some new people, and I was thinking maybe when Norvell would come in and kind of change things. But they they've come in and just continuity. It's been the same, and they're doing things, and they seem more prepared. And they're really set in their ways, and I was blown away by it because I, I was expecting a little bit of change, but they're coming in and it, it's looking great, and like everybody's doing well, and I haven't seen really anything different or wrong so far. I guess.
1: Yeah, they they just seem in better shape too. I think that's what's For that's sure. what's crazy. Yeah, like last year, you could see Norvell's kind of the pace of the practices, and and we've written this in the commercial Appeal, but like they were they would just get worn down, especially those first couple practices, and now it just looks like they have a much better much better handle on it um, the the QBs you know they had their their scrimmage Saturday we had a little report um, Saturday in the commercial appeal um, from that but you know they split reps second team with David Moore and, and Brady Davis and um, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts I guess on how you think that competition is on un, is unfolding and who you think if you had to place a bet uh, I guess at this point um, in which they are going to go there what what do you think
0: um, I've been really impressed with David and Brady so far, especially Brady coming back from the injury like he has. There are some times you can tell he's still he's not a hundred percent he told us that after practice um a week ago. He isn't a hundred percent. Norvell said he's about eighty five percent. So I've been impressed from what I've seen, but David Moore is just I mean, he's really good. And from everything I've heard from the scrimmage and other practices is that he's impressing and um, if I were to make a bet, I would go with David so far, but that could totally change in the fall because Norvell says, like he, Coach Norvell says, um, that things can change very quickly. If one guy's going, we're playing well, that's the guy they're going to go with. It's They're not going to make a decision in spring, and I'm sure you've talked about that a bunch. That right. the, what they're doing now, it influences their decision, but it's not going to be the final decision. So, But I'd go with David so far.
1: Yeah, and it, it is interesting just – David just brings a, a different kind of dimension, and and you know we last week on the podcast talked about running quarterbacks versus more traditional pocket passers, and and that's not to frame him as a running only quarterback, but you see out there, you know, at practice when plays break down, Brady can scramble and and he can get out of the pocket and he can extend plays, but David Moore, you just have to worry about kind of on a different level because he's not a guy that can just roll outside of the pocket and find people, but he can also take off. Uh, you know, 20 yards down the field. And we saw that even day back last fall and, and some of the stuff that they did at practice. You're a lot closer to the recruiting kind of side of things than I am followed a little bit more closely. What was the word on him when he was coming in and, and kind of the story of how he got here?
0: He was at SMU or he committed to SMU, and then he was from Texas originally and then moved to Georgia, and then he started questioning things because he's watching that SMU program lose, go 0-12, not win any games, get beat by 60 all the time, and then UCF came calling, and then he kind of looked around and was like, man, Norvell recruited him while he was at Arizona State, and so Memphis got in contact with him and was able to convince him to decommit, and they sealed it on the visit, And but while he was at SMU, I mean, SMU thought he was going to beat Deshaun Watson. That's who they compared him to. That's who they pumped him up to be. That's who they always compared him to. And I can see it kind of, I mean, it's going to take a ways to be that kind of player and that kind of athlete. But, I mean, they definitely have the same type of game. But SMU for sure thought that's who he was going to be for them when he committed.
1: Yeah, and and you see, it's it's hard to draw like such a lofty comparison to him. But you can see, I mean, flat just in terms of, of what he can do with his legs and kind of that, that additional element that he can bring. We have talked a lot, even on the sidelines at practice, about some of the young guys that have stood out, and and we got in an argument recently about the, the Monty Coxie or Coxie train, and who's who's kind of driving that. You you obviously really like really like him. We both really like him, and and he's been out you know for for a couple of weeks here with an injury. But he's a guy that I th- I think we would both agree could could have a big year in, in 2017.
0: For sure, I, I um heard about him when he was coming in. And I asked around and people. I mean, there's a reason he's committed to LSU. He's really good, at, and he's really good. I mean, he's a big receiver who's going to make plays. He's been injured lately, but I think we saw him, oh, when did we see him? I think at the first practice, and I was, I mean, I mean, he's an impressive guy.
1: Who are some of the other young guys that, that you've liked so far?
0: Ooh, um, John Tate. I've been. If there's any train I'm driving, it's the John Tate train. John Tate, Jacoby <laughs> Hill, um, every guy they kind of brought in as, as a defensive lineman so far, I've been really impressed with. So John Tate, Jacoby Hill, Jonathan Wilson, those are my guys. Those guys are going to, come in this year and I think they're going to be great because I talked to David Johnson a little bit about him earlier this year and they they love John Tate. I mean, he's a very coachable guy. He comes in, he works hard. So did Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan Wilson was on the field after every practice after he got here in Memphis because he got here late. He was on the field after every practice right. going through the repetitions or learning everything about this defense and what he had to do to play and get on the field because he did not want to get redshirted. That's something he told me after his big game where he broke out against, I think it was against either Tulane or Navy. I can't really remember, but that he absolutely came in with the mindset. He did not want to be red And that's what he did. He worked his butt off. And I think that defensive line group is going to surprise some people this year.
1: Yeah. It's funny thinking back to Jonathan, like we had, I mean, I didn't know much about him when he, when he came here and he, he kind of surprised us. Like he was on the field and, and then we found out, you know, after practice that, there's this new guy, Jonathan Wilson, but, but he was a guy, I mean, throughout fall camp, like, like you said, he, he's staying after practice. He's doing extra drills. He's doing extra work with Paul Randolph. And then as the season progressed, I had multiple coaches say that he watches more film. You know, they can track like which film files they open on their, on their iPads because they're issued through the, by the team. And they said that he watches more film than probably anybody else on the team. And so obviously that's, I just think it's funny that we haven't, we haven't talked about him on this podcast or, really in general, but he's, you know, obviously a stalwart on this this defensive line group that there are some question marks and fans have really gotten after me and, and asked me, you know, why aren't they recruiting? Why didn't they recruit more defensive linemen? Why aren't they getting more guys at that spot? What do you think I guess about how they've recruited at that position and the state of that position? You said you're kind of optimistic actually and think that they could surprise some people this year.
0: Yeah, they um they went out and got some guys. I mean, O'Brien Goodson is still so I'm I am pretty sure he'll end up being in fall camp, but it's kind of up there at up this in the point. I, right. Yeah. And but they did bring in a guy people didn't really know about, come in. He did he just kinda of surfaced up at the um near the end there, a junior college kid named Desmond Hawkins, who is actually from Memphis, who they love. I mean, he's big. He's six five, two eighty, and he could come in right away at defensive tackle and produce because he's been to junior college level, he learned what he needs to do. Um, they also went out and got Braylon Brown and Elijah Harris. Elijah Harris is another guy who had some great problems who I'm pretty sure will end up in fall camp depending on his ACT. Um but but they I mean they did recruit it. It's not like they didn't think they needed any defense tackles. They went out and they got guys who fit, who they liked and that fit. And I think um I think people are gonna be surprised come fall because so from what I'm hearing, everybody there they got is pretty good.
1: It's going to be curious to see how many of those guys make an instant impact. And I think Des Hawkins, I, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. That he's a guy that can come in right away. And then interesting just to see how those other guys develop. I, I'm still, with all that said, kind of most uh, concerned, I guess. Or if, if you ask me for the biggest area of concern on the defense, I would say it's the defensive line. But what would you say in terms of biggest question mark, on the defensive line, and then and then biggest potential strength, I guess, on, on the defense, rather, on the defense?
0: The biggest question mark is the um, defensive line, and then because there's so many question marks all over the place, you don't know how John Tate is going to be. You don't know if he's got, these younger guys are going to be eligible. You don't know if Desmond Hawkins can not actually produce right away, even though it does look like he has the ability to. The biggest strength, I think, is the linebackers. I think you've written about it several times because they're talented, the starters are talented, and they they're kind of deep, get that position like they've got tin Hart, nehemiah Augustus, and some other guys and curtis akins who blew up last year because he he was forced to start because of injuries and he's really good so and you got jackson Dillon coming back and he's presumably healthy so if they stay healthy i think that's the biggest strength
1: yeah jackson Dillon. it's it's interesting hopefully we'll be able to talk to him uh sometime here soon in the spring but <laughs> He was the guy that uh, a bunch of assistant coaches talked about on on Thursday. Talked with Paul Randolph about him. Talked with Chris Ball about him. They they all raved about him. And then Mike Norvell after the scrimmage on Saturday. You know, I asked him who uh, who the biggest standouts were, and the first name out of his mouth was Jackson Dillon. And and it sounds like I mean from what I've seen of practice, well, you know, we've been out there. He, he's moving really well, um, still healthy, and uh, and you know, it kind of remains to be seen if if he can stand up uh, I guess over the course of a long season and and his body can withstand uh, the pounding you know especially at that position but um, so far so good kind of on the offensive uh, side of the ball they're not going to change anything from what it sounds like in terms of running back carries you know they're going to they're going to ride the hot hand still they're going to try to get everybody carries working you know Dorland and Dorsey's Patrick Taylor Daryl Henderson Tony Pollard on some swing passes and and all that stuff if Mm -hmm. if you though were Daryl Dickey or Mike Norvell which of those guys is getting the bulk of the carries? Which of those guys do you think uh, either is in the best position to carry the workload this year or, I guess, kind of on a related note, uh, maybe in the future, one of those guys that you think has the, the brightest future in terms of in terms of production?
0: That's a tough question. I guess this year I would ride. I mean, you got to ride with Dorcius because I think he was probably their best consistent back last season. Um, but as for the future... It's Patrick Taylor. I mean, I heard I heard from the scrimmage that he's been—he was really good—and everybody's been super impressed with him. I love Daryl Henderson and what he brings, but I don't know if he's an every-down back like Patrick Taylor is because I mean, he's big, he's physical, he's, he just runs through people, and he's—I think he's awesome. I think he's great. If you're riding the hot hand, I think the hot hand will most likely be Dorseus or Taylor this season, but I think Dorseyus gets the edge because he's a little more experienced.
1: That's I, I would completely agree with you, and it is you know I think those younger guys are, are coming along, and, and I think Patrick Taylor, I mean, as a guy, as soon as he can really master pass protection and that aspect of the game, I mean, he's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with for for many years to come. Here, I did want it sh- shifting again a little bit to the recruiting scene, and I know that they just had a uh, a junior day um, on Saturday, kind of after the scrimmage. The recruiting cycle, as you know better than most, uh, never stops. What uh, what have you heard? I guess in terms of 2018, they have the one kid, uh, Alondra Strong, who's committed the the cornerback um, who's going to be at IMG Academy next year. What have you heard uh, on the recruiting front? I guess with regards to Memphis, uh, either in terms of uh, likely commits or or guys that they're really going hard after this early in the process.
0: Tennessee is kind of an interesting case because um, for the state of Tennessee, because you know they hit Nashville, they hit other parts of it pretty hard like like they never have before. And Silverfield and Dickey went out and got these kids that were um, pretty high-ranked, good kids that had other offers. And I think they'll probably do something similar this year, but it's going to be in different areas because Nashville isn't necessarily as talented as it has been in the past, um, while Murfreesboro is, and so is the city of Memphis. People keep talking about this basketball class of 2018 for Memphis, but you're going to see them hit this... Class 2018 football um, class really hard because they've got – it's stacked with talent that they're really impressed with. Like, Darius Taylor has a Memphis offer. He's from Ridgeway. Um, another kid is Rashad Williams. He's been at a Memphis Junior Day. Um, Jacoby Hewitt, who I think will end up being a Memphis Tiger – who just blew people away at the last Nike camp that he went to. Um, He goes to Cordova. He's a wide receiver. He's very good. He's a three-star on the 247 Sports Composite. So people need to start learning these local kids' names because other programs are coming in here, and Memphis is going to have a fight on their hands for a lot of these kids.
1: Was last year a down year in terms of uh, local football talent?
0: Yes, it was a down year, but I think it kind of rebounded this year to like an unrealistic level, which I haven't seen in a while because they've got, kids like jordan davis out of the South going to alabama and will lawrence out of harding academy whose top five is like michigan ohio state and other teams of the like he eliminated memphis back in the summer even though he had a really good relationship with ryan silverfield um i thought memphis may have a shot at him eventually down the line but it looks he wanted to go to a bigger program um but yeah it's it's really good so I think next year is kind of like a, a middling year which is kind of fall back to normal but yes last year was down with no really guys going anywhere besides Memphis anywhere really impressive I don't think um and this year is going to you're going to see a lot of kids go to high level division one schools
1: it seems like when you just look at the construction of the roster I mean obviously they're going to continue to go after linemen that's that was their their weakness mm-hmm. uh, last year it's going to be kind of another question mark entering this year um, but what what do you think, I guess, just positionally are some of the things that the that staff is gonna be looking for in eighteen?
0: They're looking at a lot of athletes right now, guys that can I think that's something that Norvell has talked about a lot, that they want guys who can be versatile and play different positions. They're looking at running backs, wide receivers, a lot of skill positions where they're losing. Like Anthony Miller's not gonna be back next season, so they're looking at receivers and linemen like you talked about. I think offense will be a bit more um focused on this time around and like defense was a huge focus in last year's class while offense may be um more heavily focused on this year
1: you are out talking to kids a lot more at this point in the process than than I am um you're still kind of on track to build this this break ground rather on the football practice facility here later this month um does that matter to kids do you think that makes an impact
0: I know it's something they use to recruit because they have the plans up whenever kids go to junior day. You can see it when the kids are taking pictures. You'll see the plans on a little board in the back. I think it matters to some kids, like the highly ranked kids want to see the facilities compared to what they're going to be playing at at like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or a school. Maybe that is more closely related to Memphis that you could compare the two. But some kids who they're recruiting just want to go to a school. Like Launder Strong wasn't very – highly recruited so i to him i doubt the facilities mattered as much to where like a guy like nick robinson i'm sure that I mean, the facilities matter and it plays a part like playing in that indoor practice facility down the line and having these facilities where you can go and get better in is it makes a difference for sure
1: yeah i think you're spot on it definitely depends on the kid we will get you out of here on this really appreciate you joining us here today Everybody always puts me on the spot in terms of what their record is going to be next year, and I always say, well, I'm going to wait till the fall. So I will give you an out on this, but I'm still going to ask and still put you on the spot. If you had to bet on the, the final record for Memphis next year, what would you bet on?
0: Um, right now I'm riding with 9-3, and three, but that could totally change because it's so early. I don't want to take an out like you. <laughs> but I only have They their respect only it. Bosses. Respect it. Yeah. The only losses I have them having are UCLA, Navy, and Houston, which are probably their three toughest games. Um, so that could totally change. Might could totally change my mind by the next time around, but that's what I'm sticking with right now.
1: Well, it'll be exciting to see how it all f- unfolds. Uh, Jonah, thanks again for uh, joining us here today, and we will see you out there at practice here soon. Yes, sir. See you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, remember that you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play. Just search uh, Tiger Football Podcast. Please rate and review the show if you can. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at Tom underscore Shad if you don't already. And read us, as always, at CommercialAppeal.com. For uh, our guest today, Jonah Jordan of 247 Sports, Uh, Tom Shad here signing off. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiger Football Podcast. Talk to you then. Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Commercial Appeal.